You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 200, covering Let He Who Is Without Sin and Things Past, with Brian Lynch. Hi friends, I don't know what's happening, but I thought season 5 was good, but it's it's not all you good as it turns out. You were lied to, my friend. We were all lied to. By my by my memory. Also, you went a little Aquaman for a second. Or, uh, not Aquaman, Merman for we a second. Were all yes. Oh, Brian's here. Outrageous. Hi, Brian. How's it going? It's going well, Um, uh, except that uh, I uh, saw two, two disappointing uh, Star Treks. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, but you picked this one. Well, no, I knew that. I, I the thing is, I was here for the last episode set entirely on Risa. So when I looked over the season and I saw, oh, they got one set on Risa. That'll probably be super dumb. I'll watch that. But I'm sure the next one will be good. After <laughs> all, we're in season five where everything's wonderful always. You, you were yeah, wrong, my friend. I was very wrong. This, I'll, I'll take the hit for most of this. I remember the show like really kicking into high gear at this point, and. Eh. Take the hit. You didn't make the episodes. <laughs> I kind of feel responsible because there's a lot of people listening who are watching for the first time and like, oh, they said season five is going to be good. Like, Turns out oh, Al yeah. did make the episodes. His consciousness traveled back in time into the mind uh, of a TV writer, uh, a Bajoran who wrote the episode. a Bajoran TV writer. Yep, and he had he, some soup. He had more soup than anyone else. Everyone was all like, "So when can we have some soup?" The answer was never, never. No soup for you. Context on that forthcoming. Well, yeah, uh, on that Seinfeld reference? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that one. <laughs> that aired around the same time as this, actually, more within a year or two. Well, hey. Say. So, yeah. Uh, but let's instead talk about uh, the uh, Worf Goes on Vacation episode, because Worf's been on the show for <laughs> long enough without having a vacation. It, so, it actually uh, has been a while, I checked. <laughs> He's going yeah, through I, withdrawals. I I feel like Cisco got a, a memo from Picard. Like he didn't love Picard, but he must have gotten a personnel file from him with notes and stuff. And, and yeah, don't let this guy take vacation. I'll show him. He'll, He'll take nothing it. but. Right. This guy won't work unless you really hit him with something. Unless you really hit him. Yes. Just smack him around a lot. You tried hitting him. Hit him some more. <laughs> so Brian, I'm why don't Captain you tell Picard. Us... <laughs> I'm Captain Picard. Yes, it's back. <laughs> Brian, why don't you tell us about Let He Who Is Without Sin? All right, let's see. He Who Is Out Sin Mourn for Adonais, for I Have Touched the Hollow Sky. <clears throat> oh boy, Trek is getting sexy. That's always a good thing. It never turns out awkward or terrible at all. And there's no better place for getting awkwardly non-sexy than Risa, everyone's favorite planet med. After a brief scene where the O'Briens manage to have an argument despite not appearing in the episode, Dex and Worf <laughs> depart for their vacation to Risa. Worf is looking forward to having important talks about their relationship, which seems to indicate that he doesn't know what Risa is, which is impossible, because Commander Riker made those slideshows mandatory. Well, maybe he was on vacation. <laughs> so off they traipse in the company of Julian and Lita and Quark, because the episode was in danger of not being wacky enough, I guess. Eh, we're just lucky they left before Rom, Keiko, Garrick, Loxana, Troy, the Klingon chef, and the outrageous O'Connor showed up. Wait, no, we're not. That would have been way better. Damn it. <laughs> When they arrive, Worf again tries to have a talk with Jadzia about how she is too fun-loving. On Risa. With Jadzia Dax. Come on, man, that's like going to Disney World for the library. Fortunately, everyone's able to make friends on Risa. Dax reconnects with an old lover of Curzon's, played by actual guest star Vanessa Williams. And Worf meets a gang of people who are devoted to yelling at everyone to stop having fun. Finally, he truly feels at home. 
So for a while, they go off on their own little subplots. Bashir and Lita have a breakup party. Worf and Data, Dax have relationship. Worf and Data, shit. <laughs> Worf and I Dax have relationship. <laughs> Worf and Dax have relationship drama, and Quark, uh, I don't know, fulfills the terms of his contract because he didn't get any lines last week. But Worf finally gets fed up with all this fun having and joins with the world's worst terrorists to knock over some tables and make it snow at the beach. <laughs> Apparently ruining everyone's vacation is legal on Risa as long as you're having fun doing it, so who gives a care? But when they decide to also make earthquakes, it's too much for Worf to deal with, and he solves the problem by pressing a button. Like so much George Jetson. Well, the day is saved, Lita and Julian are happy, Quark gets his ass paid, and Worf goes skinny dipping, having finally learned the moral of the story. Being naked with Terry Farrell is fun. Man, we already knew that. <laughs> I don't need an episode to tell me that. No, and if anything, that should have been... Like, they really buried the lead on this one. That should have been the title. Yeah. That's getting right. Naked with Dax. That's a way better Lita. title than Let He Who Is Without Sin. Yes. Yeah, getting... No, Getting Naked with Dax and Lita is absolutely, like... Yeah. They, they really buried the Lita on that one. That's what uh, I meant to say. You know hey, what? I'll show myself out. <laughs> I'll get me coat. Hey, was that any worse than this episode? No. It was right. exactly on par with this episode. So congratulations, you. I gotta, I gotta ask Brian. Does Disney World have a library? I figure I if anyone would know, you myself, I mean, actually, I, I'm sure they have one somewhere. Like on Main Street, USA, there's like you know a reading room or something full of, I guess, I don't know, stuff about 1920s America. Books. Well, Disney's got this. Disney's got this weird self-governing. Like when you dial 911 at a Disney park, you get park like security. Like I'm pretty sure everything there you, you would have in a real town. What's your emergency? <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll be right there, sir. <laughs> this oh, guy's no, don't send Goofy. There's an actual fire. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And so we see the Disneyland Fire Department hard at work. Here comes one now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just I assume they must have, like, if they have their own fire department, they must also have their own library. Yeah, yeah, sense. Sense. Those two are always joined together. Probably Maybe a that's what the... somewhere. Maybe that's what the giant building-sized Horgon on uh, on Risa is. It's the library. That's where they used to sacrifice people before they lightened up. Plenty of room the thing to kill is, Colonel Mustard. But the thing is, when and and certainly there will be some of these people in our audience, nerds. Mm-hmm. When you go to the beach, what? sometimes you want to bring a good book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe not every. Actually, Picard came here to read a good book, yeah. so it, it does happen. Mm-hmm. That's true. Although when he came, he went to like a resort place, whereas here they just sort of wandered around with nature and tents because right. they could afford actual location shooting. Well, it's like Picard went to a hotel. They went to a nicer hotel. Right. They got the upgrade. Like a hotel with a golf course or something. Fine, well, Riker, I'll go to your stupid sex planet. What's the cheapest hotel? <laughs> I, got a, I got a package deal online, sir. We'll leave, a, we'll leave a light on for you. If I recommend a friend, I get four more free Horgons next time I come. I just, I picture, um, I, I picture uh, Trills, like, totally gaming the system for anything that has, like, a punch card. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dax has been going to Risa for 400 years, so... She gets so many free sandwiches. Just yeah, just get everything comped, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, okay, so Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, Dax's bathing suit. Yeah. Brian, what was your good thing? <laughs> Dax's ba- Dax's bathing. Dax's dang, dang it, Matt. Um, okay. Uh, First, oh! Worf's bathing suit. Yeah, no, oh. seriously. Uh, as soon as this uh, the Google Doc that we wrote this on went live, the only thing written on it was "Good thing Matt Dax's bathing suit." So. 
I I literally like I hit the button to send it to share it the two of you and then I looked at it and it was bold meaning someone had modified it yep. immediately I'm like how how did that happen Matt isn't watching yet oh he just went in to claim that yep but when I say worst bathing suit I actually kind of mean it um well for one thing there is a funny visual joke where he holds up the bathing suit uh Dex picked for him and it's this little gold Rocky Horror number which. Sadly, we don't get to see him wearing because that's oh, hilarious. The, the the problem is they can't show Worf uh, naked because there's probably too much weird Klingon shit going on. Yeah, they've established that his spine is sort of like sticks out. It of does his it like back, so. it like it doesn't actually pop out of his back, but he's got like a big sort of spiky thing going on. There. Yeah, I just picture him wearing like the the you know the little gold pants, and he's still got his metal sash on. Yep. <laughs> of course. Um, I, just want, but, uh, I just want Tim Curry in a in a yeah. <laughs> Uh, Frankenfurter costume going, Oh, Worfie! <laughs> oh, Worfie. There you go. For some reason, if Worf is not wearing anything, my mind just immediately puts him in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Your mind puts every naked too. person in a barrel. No, because he's got the most, uh, the, the best clothes in the world. He spends the entire episode wearing his Starfleet uniform, but not only wearing it, but like belligerently defending it to anyone who asks and talking about how comfortable and functional it is and how it's designed to be the best garment ever in all conditions. And, and I feel like there's two interpretations of that. Either he's right and it is very comfortable because they have to be, uh, you know, away missions on different planets and whatever. Or he's sweltering <laughs> and he refuses, like, his pride just will not let him admit that he's uncomfortable. Yep. No, this is my beach turtleneck. If I take it off, how will everyone know I'm a lieutenant commander? Just we're we're very close to the new uniforms that appear in First Contact, which will also be worn on this show, mm -hmm. and those are even thicker. Yep. Oh yeah, they had that like quilty stuff up top. Yeah, which I love those uniforms as like my favorite next to the original original series ones. But they, they they've got to look very warm. Baking you in there. Yeah, no kidding. Now just Worf wandering around in full uniform and is uh in the middle of fucking uh. Uh, fancy beach planet. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, my my good thing is the fact that Rom is not wearing a bathing suit. <laughs> in fact, Rom does not appear in this episode at all. Oh, I I still have a fist to shake at Rom, but we'll get to that soon. <laughs> I want a fist to shake at Rom to be the title of your autobiography. <laughs> at the very least, at the title of the next episode, guys. I'm trying to... I, I was completely drawing a blank now on uh, Max Grodenchik. That's his name. Yes. Pissing on Max Grodenchik's grave. <laughs> That'll be the cover art. Great. You hear that, Ramon? Get started on that. <laughs> Matt's got to be doing something fun, too. Like, we've we'll both got to be part of it. Um, Matt, do you want to do you want to expand on Dax's bathing suit at all? I mean, or really is I it... mean listen. Hey, who does I just wanted to go with the, the joke of, you know, the three of us there. Yeah. But, uh... No, I... I just, you know, the good-looking bathing suit. She's a good-looking mm -hmm. woman. Spots go all the way down. That's it. I, this otherwise, is the first time we. Otherwise, it's a piece of shit. This is the first time we've gotten confirmation on the spots going further than like her neck, yeah. right? I mean, so they've said it before, but we've never seen it. I don't think. Yeah, we've ne they've never actually applied the makeup below her shoulders. I guess like that's why she had to shave them off last week for trouble with trouble, so they didn't have to show them through the tights. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really still make sense. No, I'm kind of mad doesn't. about it. Nah, yeah, well, when you have your swimsuit episode and you've got some aliens, you want to show some funky anatomy and they don't want to glue on Worf's spine, so what you going to do? That, <laughs> nobody wants to glue on Worf's Of course, spine. they did have a, a slight problem when they were making this episode, because it turns out Terry Farrell is allergic to the sun. 
Yeah, I, I read that too, and they, there was no ex- explanation for that. It's just Terry Farrell cannot be in the sun for more than five minutes. I saw, it in, it was, I saw it in the notes on another episode of Memory Alpha. She's got she's like photosensitive if she's out in the sun oh, okay. for more than like fifteen minutes. Then she I mean, if it's a real medical condition, like that's cool. And developing rashes. Yeah, I, I understand if it's a real medical thing, but it made it sound like she was just kind of a prima donna. Yeah. <laughs> And this is Deep Space Nine's Terry Farrell. Hello, I'm an albino. <laughs> Terry Farrell demands that all her raisins be peeled. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, I, oh, the other wardrobe thing, Matt, you had mentioned that, that they really dropped the ball with Quark. <laughs> oh, yeah. They put him in, like, this weird sort of futuristic, uh, well, not futuristic. Floral but, uh, pattern. But yeah, it's he's wearing like a, like shorts and a like a t-shirt that are still looking vaguely like, you know, like DS9 or uh, Star Trekky. Yeah. But all I can think is put him in a fucking in a fucking Hawaiian shirt. He'd look amazing. Yeah. What they need to do is that and then custom fitted Ray-Bans. Yeah. <laughs> now I just want to see him riding on a motorcycle in the 1980s fighting crime in one of those. Oh, I want to see him surfing. Ferengi Vice against the Joker. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see him surfing and holding like a Mai Tai or something. Yes. And a Horgan. <laughs> Surf Jam Joker. Well, he like he 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 replicated like 30 Horgons and he was passing them out like he was being generous. I wasn't quite clear why he did that. There you well, because they set them up in the last friend. episode and they've shown up occasionally since then, but it was in this episode where we really find out they're all over the freaking place. Oh yeah. You can't you can't spit in Risa without hitting a Horgan. And you know, right. if you're into spitting, that's cool too. Right. Well, and that, that my actual good thing is, uh, in general, while, as Brian alluded to, Trek and Sexy are not exactly things that work. No, but Trexy. this is still better than Justice. Ever. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely better than Justice. I'm I'm ignoring Trexy, by the way. <laughs> um, I heard you. Just ignoring. I assumed. Um, but no, we've, we've mentioned this uh, on next. I mean, the original series. No, the original series sucked, too. Never mind. I was going to say, we had Mud's women with, like, the weird POV shot with the wah, 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 wah music. That was terrible. Yeah, well, the problem with the original series, Sexiness, was how misogynistic it was. That's true. But it, Trek has never been sexy. That said, they, they did it as, as best they could have. And I can actually kind of see how Risa works now. Yeah. Yes, like, that was good. They, they got this, this hedonistic uh, lifestyle, and a couple of times it's like... um. Yeah, they're protesting, but that's what brings them pleasure, so we're okay with it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's that's how it would work, probably. Like, I, I really Jambi, like that. fetch the melted butter and protest signs. <laughs> I knew, I, I, I honestly thought Matt would go to hedonism, but before you See, did, I thought that you would think that, so I didn't. Ah, <laughs> double and I bluff. thought that yeah. you'd think that he'd think that. <laughs> diabolical. You diabolical fiend. And then you fired twice in the, in the hall, and once the conservatory. <laughs> One plus two plus two plus one, not two plus two plus one plus one. Uh-huh. Anyway. But yeah, I, I was, I was like, uh, pleasantly surprised that someone had thought, like, it's like when Ferengi culture started to get fleshed out, and I was like, yeah, that's how it would work. It's yeah. like, yeah, if, if a whole planet like this existed, they would have certain philosophies, they would have certain ways of running things, and this, this feels right to me. Yeah, no, and it's a it's sort of neat planet just full of people who are like, yeah, man, whatever you're into, just, you know, go for it. Even when they make it snow at the beach. Yeah. It's like, well, man, when, um, I guess he's happy. Before they when, escalate when, their plans to blowing up the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, 
when Worf somehow rewires his uh, hotel's TV remote to be a weather dominator, I'm not sure how that happened. Well, it's an N64 controller, so there's a lot you can do with it. Cobra yeah, but... was also vacationing on Risa at the time. I was going to say, for a weather dominator, you need several elements gathered from across the globe. Yeah, you need to go to, like, pyramids and nightclubs and shit. I don't right. think Risa has any of those, though. I'm sure I... they have pyramids. They must have like a like an Egyptian room where you can pretend to be Cleopatra. I love I love that you said they had pyramids before you said they had nightclubs. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure about that. They seem to be pretty beachy in general. But they definitely have pyramids. I bet they got raves. Oh, they got raves for days. Because what is more 90s than the way everyone is is dressed and acting? Yet another wonderful thing we could have seen Quark doing that they didn't show in this episode. <laughs> Raving with a glow stick and a pacifier. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! And a giant visor turned sideways on his head. <laughs> but a Geordi visor. One of those old, uh, one of those old pacifier things you could get. Yeah, and and uh, uh, tripping balls on ecstasy, like <laughs> I love you, humor. It's a techno remix of the Deep Space Nine theme in the background. <laughs> yeah, if anyone would like to a... make that, by the way. Well, the thing is, as, as again, as Brian mentioned, your your summary covered pretty much all the salient points, and yeah, one they're... of them is Quark doesn't really do anything. Nope. Like this must be what he actually got up to, is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he shows up and he's like, "Ladies," and then he shows up at the end of the episode. And, so what was everybody up to? We all have a good time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I had a it, it lot really, of sex. I don't know what you guys did. It it felt like the reconvergence point of a of a story where there should have been an A, a B, and a C plot that then came back together, except we didn't see his plot. They were like, no, all this worse stuff is solid gold. We've got to have him walking around and frowning at pads. His C plot was just the word sex underlined. <laughs> the thing is, really, if you say Quark on Risa, that that like there's so much potential there. Like that the the, the comedic possibilities are are, you know, nope. endless. We didn't get to see him complain about rain. Which is weird, given that he's from a planet full of rain. Yeah, it's weird. It's, one of those, it's, it's weird that he, like, when he sees clothed human-looking women, he's like, yeah, that's what I want. Like, what's, yeah, what's your planet like, man? It's full of rain and, you know, naked Frankie ladies. women. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's gradually like I we we did a whole episode where we re he realized that he's kind of coming around to some of the human yeah. ways of thinking. So you know. That's why he's not allowed to fray anymore. Right. Ordering root beer like he does. Ugh. Yep. And, you know, at least there wasn't ROM, except that there was. Oh, he was, yeah. He, he was there in spirit. So, okay, let's Which talk about this. just made me picture his head floating over the sunset at the end of the episode. No, I'm picturing him like a Jedi ghost. That, maybe that was in the deleted subplot he stowed away in Quark's luggage, but never got <laughs> out, and they just kept coming that... back to him trying to get out. It's in that deleted Lita is naked scene. He, he's oh, locked. Man. I just picture him locked in a uh, locked in a chest with Pam. <laughs> Can I have some of that cocaine? Sploosh, brother. <laughs> Freezing. <laughs> um. Danger zone. <laughs> Are we not just not doing phrasing anymore, brother? Yep, just doing Archer quotes in the wrong that's, voice. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. Well, it'll give the listeners something to draw. Yeah. Um, he, uh, but, but, uh, so the, the whole, the, there's not much going on with Bashir and Lita. They, they've been dating this whole time, in case you forgot. Yeah, which understandable, we, we certainly did. We kind of did, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they're still together, and they, there's this whole breakup ritual w with uh, Bajorans, where they, like, have sex one last time, and have a very pleasant, like, and now we are officially breaking up and everything's cool. And I 
I like that. Yeah. They break a plate like a Greek wedding. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, Lita says, yeah, well, what I, who I really have eyes for is Rom. It's like, oh, God damn it. I will say I this. only have eyes for Rom. Everyone did have the correct reaction to I only have eyes for Rom. Yeah, that would have been my quote if, if this were my episode. Was everyone going, Rom? Seriously? If I were directing this episode, I would have just gone for it. And just no matter I would, no matter how the rest of the episode was, what the tone, the only possible reaction that should have been all three of them in unison spinning their heads around and going, Whoa? <laughs> it's like, so what exactly, uh, what exactly does it for you, Lena? Is it his body or his brain? Is it his one weird tooth? Or his voice. <laughs> or his literally everything else. Or his yeah. talking about masturbating. Well, now he he is slightly okay at engineering, so that's something. I guess since somebody already scooped up Chief O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> and the th thing is, Lita, just gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she really is. She, yeah. I mean, of course, you you dump Julian because he's arrogant and he's flighty and whatever, but you could do so much better than Rom? I think everyone might be better than Rom. Yes. Well, this has been my point all along. What Apparently, about Nog? Uh... Yeah, no, I, I would say Nog before Rom. Yeah. What about... Yeah, and... More? No, I've I I made this point a week or two ago that uh, that he is of the extended cast of twenty or thirty characters on this show my least favorite, yep. like dead last. It's fair. And uh, as Brian has pointed out before, friend to all children. <laughs> kids love kids love Rom. Yep. Rom is my boyfriend. <laughs> Rom is really neat. Rom is full of meat. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of those things is true, and it's not the first one. Nope. Shit, okay, my <laughs> my actual bad thing. Okay. What the hell point are these guys trying to make? Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to have a war soon, so you're not allowed to enjoy yourselves? That doesn't exactly track. I, yeah, their whole thing is like, Risa is weak and defenseless, and if the Dominion showed up, then you guys would be in so much trouble. My, but I kept thinking, like, while that was going on, it's like, I, I felt like I wanted, I had to defend Starfleet for this guy. But it wasn't, it's not just Starfleet's place, it's, you know, well, it's whoever wants to go. Planet, like... Right, but Starfleet is just, like, the military, like, mm -hmm. it's not like all people in the U.S. are in the army. No. Starfleet is a humanitarian and peacekeeping armada. But I mean, I... like... Thank you, Captain Pike. If a war comes, Starfleet's the ones who are going to be fighting it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, look, I... these guys are, wor these guys work really hard, okay? Yeah, this is a this is a known place that they go for shore leave sphinx. Yeah. And um they work hard for the no money. So hard for it, honey. <laughs> well, I mean if you don't get paid, you should get to go to Ryza. Right. But yeah, that's the the point is they you know, they work hard, they play hard. Yeah. <laughs> you think Risa has a gay steel mill? Oh definitely. Well the whole rice and steel industry is gay. Let's so all those, uh, like the the giant uh, steel, like the giant steel horgon. Where do you think <laughs> that dumb faced guy got his mesh shirt from? <laughs> I wasn't watching his face because Lita's cleavage was in that scene. Well, they occasionally cut away from it. Uh, not my brain didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a second for the rest of the world to catch up with <laughs> right. the mental image. Well, Listen, that, I, that's I, I the tried... scene she was originally naked in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, if you watch the trailer, like, I, there, you can't see anything, but apparently if you watch the trailer, some of that footage is still there, and she's way more bare than, than in the actual Next episode. time, on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Lena doesn't have a shirt on. 
That, that's Who suspect. cares what else happens? Do, do, do you need anything else at all? Really? Well, here's Dex's bathing suit. Worf is a murderer. <laughs> Worf is okay. a nuisance. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's get into the Worf thing. That well, just ties and, into well, my just bad real thing. quick, because uh, it, yeah. it, it ties into what comes up. Um, uh, my uh, my official bad thing, because yours was their... Um, the vague and stupid ideology of the uh, uh the yeah, Vegas. just stop having fun. Mine was their vague and stupid tactics because it's not only what they thought, which was yours, it's what they did. Literally, their first thing they, they make a bunch of speeches, yep, and mm-hmm. then they, they show up and armed with a bunch of fake phaser rifles, yeah, they, and they, they do push a pretend... over a table, a table yeah. full and, of organs, by the way, and, which of course uh, it is. And... Don't forget, what? they tear down a lot of curtains. Oh, they pull down oh, a yeah. lot of curtains. Rice is a and, very curtain you place. You know? Also, we, we discovered that table takes a full act <laughs> to, to set back up, because when we cut back, she's finally... Oh, they say, Dax says, like, oh, after, this place looks much better than it did last night. Yeah. And so oh, so yeah. really, it took all night to get that. I know that Vanessa Williams is, you know, a foot and a half tall, but... Right. Yeah, she had to get a running start to just, like, uh, put her back into it, Look, you know. I don't know if you guys have ever hung curtains before, but that shit is a pain in the ass. And the thing is, they got all these muscly, well-oiled, young, nubile men around, and they're not, they're not moving, they're not helping. No nope. oil makes their hands too slippery to pick the tables up. You kept dropping all the tables. Yeah, I would, yeah. but I got oily hands. Dropping all the tables. <laughs> why, why did we, everyone's so gay? <laughs> why did we import these men from Justice Planet? It was a bad move. And, yeah, one of, and where did all of our hats go? <laughs> oh, they dropped those long ago. I feel, I feel. Oh, honey, they dropped those long ago. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but okay, Matt, let's really get into like your your bad thing is really the meat of yes, everyone's the, objection to this episode. Okay, the so meatiness hang on. that Rom is full of. <laughs> um. So Worf's been bugging me a lot lately. Um. How how long would you say lately is? Uh last few episodes I'd say. Maybe this season? Yeah, I just yeah. Since he hooked up with Dax. Yeah, maybe? I'd say about this season. He's been bugging me. Okay. Uh you know, his uptightedness and stick in the muddiness is you know, that's been around for a while, but it feels like it's gotten really bad lately, and this week really sort of came to a head. Every word out of his mouth this week just made me want to grind my teeth. Like, dude, you don't want to relax hang out and fuck your hot girlfriend, that's fine. That's your deal. But you know what's going on here. You you worked with Commander Riker for seven years. You, you know how this planet works. Why on earth would you ever agree to come here? And the things she, he says to Dax are just mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, they like, really are. You are being the worst kind of boyfriend right now. Well, maybe not the worst kind. He's not physically abusive, so that's a plus. Yeah. No, well, he is, but in a way that she likes, because at the beginning of the episode, we get a clear detailing of all the injuries they get during sex. Oh, yes, this goes only So he is physically abusive in a way. Talking about. Right. That was weird. I do like, real real, real quick tangent there. Uh, At the very beginning, it's just a fun little awkward, like, talking about their sex life. And they make it very clear that Worf has to go to the sickbay more than uh, Dax does. Mm -hmm. In other words, Dax is getting way more, uh, like, hits in. And connecting more and injuring Worf more than Worf is injuring Dax. Well, I would definitely say this about Dax. She is a better sex fighter. <laughs> anyway, to, p- please continue. That, that's pretty much it. I'm just like, you're really bugging me. And, like... All- okay, but you don't think it's bad writing, 
right? No, I mean, he's in character. He's just pissing me off. Yeah, it's, I feel it's like, like it's good writing and, with a bad concept. And, like, you know, Worf's a character I like. The thing is, I feel like they took for a long time, but uh, I feel like they took this character we liked and showed us a different side of him. He's still totally in character. Mm -hmm. He's still completely consistent with everything we've seen before. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, oh yeah, he would be like this, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. It makes like this is exactly how he would act. Right. It's just like, oh right. They're now showing us the unlikable half of that. It's like, well, this is what he's like. And I'm like, oh, I guess I don't actually like that character. No, you wouldn't actually like to hang out with Worf because this is what he's like. Yeah. He's super conservative, and he would really bug you. Yeah, it's, but he's always been like that. Yeah, always. Yep. No, if you like um, he, if you look over my notes for this episode, I say shut oh, up, Warp, I, yes, Warp about eighteen times. Yeah, and you you made the font very large in the last couple. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> they really very leaned on the prune juice thing in this episode too. Twice he orders it. It's one of those. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you're completely current with the show, Brian, but mm. uh, they—they're hitting that hard, and they're hitting like Miles Edward O'Brien. Like, there's weird details that they love to just I, keep reminding us of for no reason. I did hear because when you said that you didn't know any other characters' middle names, I was like, "What about Benjamin Lafayette Cisco?" But then yeah, you, and I, uh, I, you corrected yourself. So that's... I did. I forgot, and I don't know how I know that other than the fact that it is Lafayette. Yeah, those things we know. <laughs> yes. Um. Oh, and, the, and also at the beginning, speaking of them hitting the prune juice hard, when uh, she gives it to him at the beginning, it's the extra large prune juice again in the yeah, same size means, cup as everyone else's. Which means it's just a pint glass. Well, prune juice is one of those things you can't, like, you know, you can't have, like, a 64-ounce cup of. I, I have to think Worf absolutely can. I'd like a big gulp of prune juice. A yeah. Super big gulp. No, I think, the, I think the mayor of Deep Space Nine probably outlawed... Uh, the very large cops. Double secret big gulp. <laughs> I think uh, I think Commodore Bloomberg probably outlawed that. <laughs> ah, topical humor. Yep. Uh, Not even remotely topical, but it's still one of those things. Still funny. Mm -hmm. It's like a Madeleine Albright reference. People will always get those, right? <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Matt, she was the uh, Secretary of State from 1994 to 1998. Oh, is that who that? Okay, I, I only yeah, know her from references on cartoons State. I used to watch. Right, no, it's the, the reason I, I mentioned that is because it was either her or the other. The, there were two women in the Clinton administration who were not what I what you would call conventionally pretty. And I don't know, Conan O'Brien made a joke about her being ugly, and then she responded back and saying, uh, said, oh yeah, maybe I'll be sexy Conan O'Brien for Halloween. <laughs> you gangly was, ginger. Yeah, it was funny. Anyway. Madeline Albright starting the street war with Conan O'Brien. Yep. We, we still get Nixon jokes, so I guess, you know... Well, that's that. Only that because is, Matt Groening is still alive. Yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt Groening had a had a thing against Nixon in college, like all guys his age did, and he has not let it go, and now he has a media empire to grind that axe. So. <laughs> the mailbox was Haldeman. <laughs> what? That was on uh, Thirty Rock. They showed a mailbox falling over, and it was a classic uh, uh, skit from a, a 1970s sketch comedy show. <laughs> and oh, I cut right, back right, to right. the writer, and she went, "The mailbox was Haldeman." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, talking about these guys' uh, tactics, they raided the solarium. Oh, no. Yes. So how will people look at the sun now? <laughs> they raided the solarium, they pushed over the table, and yeah, and when they finally, because um, Rice, as it turns out, has, you know, this this planned, like, weather computers that uh, terraform the planet. And make yeah, it so does Earth, actually. We've, sunny. Yeah, we've discovered does. that. Yep. But if you turn them off, it immediately starts raining on Risa. And yep. so they turned it off, and then they also 
I guess, extra super turned it off to make earthquakes. Uh, well, and then uh, Worf pressed the button and turned it back on again, and they all lived happily ever after. Except that guy is still hanging around on Risa, I guess. Did they ever say what happened to him? Nope. Mm, they he, didn't get carried off in, in chains or whatever. No, he so. just got thrown against a wall. Yep. <laughs> they put him on a rail and tarred and feather him, and it turned out he liked it. Yep. <laughs> well, it's Risa. Somebody, everybody's into something. Yep. I do like, we got a, we got a legitimate, like, I would say all the scenes between Worf and Dax were actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, there was some good character stuff, and we got the secret origin of Worf's hatred of fun. That's actually a really good, great uh, I, yeah. character. And I really, I thought we had heard it already, but apparently not. I could, I could swear this story was told by his parents. Like, I, I remember either his mother, you know, hearing it in the ridiculous, like, Russian gypsy accent, but yeah. I guess not. We read about it in the technical manuals. Yes. And and the, the gist of the story is one time Worf tried to have fun uh, playing soccer as a kid and killed a kid. <laughs> Whoops. You know who Worf actually reminds me of? Who's that? Hank Hill. Yep. <laughs> we've, that, we've made that reference before. Have we made before. that reference before? Because that, that boy ain't right. Well, yeah, is, yeah, in reference to Alexander, yeah. That yeah. is very spot on. Yep. <laughs> the boy is not right. Just wanted to play <laughs> the soccer. Now I'm just now I'm just picturing Dax saying, Buenos dias. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Pajoran. Do you know Lita? <laughs> so, so are you Cardassian or Ferengi? <laughs> I am Breen. So are you Cardassian or Ferengi? <laughs> I don't know. Overall, though, like, Worf has a little arc here where it's like, he, he reveals that. Dax kind of comes to his side a little bit, and he re- says, okay, I've been a bit of a dick, and he kind of comes to her side a little bit. Like, there is a little bit there's, of an emotional yeah, arc here that I don't nice mind. Moments, and they really yeah. do a lot to make up for the, why aren't we married yet? Yeah, I, well, the fact is, that was his first thing, and she's like, no, and I think he's just, it was a fight, and he brought it up again. Ew, no. Like, she's, he's like, and and anyway, we're supposed to be married, and she's like, we already hashed that out, yeah. and no, well, we talked about. We are, but they they really wrote them like a like a fighting couple. Mm. Like they they bring up the ugly shit when they're mad. Oh know? Like, man, Dax is... when Worf goes to Dax, you are not acting like a proper Klingon woman, and Dax goes, "How would you know?" Yeah, <laughs> which sick is burn, hilarious, Dax. a sick burn, and very continuity uh, conscious. Yeah, the, your your last girlfriend was a half human, half uh, Betazoid. Who renounced? Uh, <laughs> or no, sorry, yeah. I think it's someone else. And prior to that, you hooked up with for one night a half Klingon woman, which you had a kid with, and that's it. Yep. And she, a half Klingon woman who really doesn't like Klingons. No, no, who was an ambassador to the Klingons and still didn't like them, <laughs> and is dead. I'm yes, an ambassador and... to these assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me that Klingon crap. <laughs> oh, man. I liked her. Was You'll get to see her again on Voyager. Yeah, I know. Playing Q's wife or something. Seriously? Something. Or some such yeah. nonsense. It's like Lady Q or something. I mean, like I, that, knew, yeah. I knew Q has a wife for some yeah. fucking reason. Something. I don't know. I know he wanted to marry Janeway at some point. Oh. Well, that was the same episode. And then, uh, she, well, no. I, I've actually already called dibs on that one because that's the terrible Civil War episode. So Ron. I, I I remember. Oh, no, I didn't like that one. I like the first one. Yeah, with the Q the, and uh, the gray. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that one. Where we reveal the Q continuum after all this time, after 10 years of buildup, is an old shack on a dirt road. <laughs> 
Ah, good. An old shack I, on I, a dirt road. All right, I'm gonna. I told myself we're gonna stop. Really, George? Quite so much. <laughs> uh, we we should wrap this one up though. Oh, Brian, yeah. you got a quote for us? Uh, I do have a quote. Uh, like we were saying, there's uh, for all of it, Worf is pretty mean to Dax and tells her that having fun is terrible. And uh, there are a few quite nice scenes between them. There's the one uh, where he. Uh, opens up to her there's the one at the end where they reconcile and there's this one early on where he's tr making his closest to a nice attempt at uh having a good vacation and he tries a little sweet talk and this is it i did not come here to admire the scenery if you say so i guess we should just go home well maybe i would not be so hasty i take it the scenery has improved a few months ago, when I was commanding the Defiant on a scouting mission in the Gamma Quadrant, we encountered a protostar cluster, a swirling mass of color set against a background of glowing clouds and burning sky. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Until now. I actually found that legitimately sweet. Yeah, me yeah, too. Like I, think it was... great, uh, I think it's a great uh, moment for him. It was, it... And it also speaks to her as a science officer, because he's putting it in, like, astronomy terms. And he's relating it to, like, his duty and his responsibility, and but also right. showing that he, like, I've, sometimes I just want to think, think my thoughts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, like, it's perfectly in character for him. It shows that he knows what appeals to her, and it's a legitimately sweet thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I mean, like, I, 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 want the, I want the next time there's something really impressive going on uh, outside the uh, Defiant or whatever to just cut to Worf, and he's got a little tear running down his cheek. <laughs> It's somebody so littered. <laughs> somebody I just picture didn't him, have honor. I just picture him like uh, David Putty from Seinfeld, just sort of staring straight ahead. <laughs> it's what he does. What he does when he doesn't have anything else to do. That's the thing. Whenever they cut to Putty's apartment before the phone rang, he'd just be sitting on his couch, not watching TV, <laughs> just looking straight forward, and then the phone would ring. I love. That. I think I'm pretty sure that was a that was a Patrick Warburton choice. Like just yeah, he'd just be kind of sitting there thinking, you know, <laughs> thinking his thoughts. <laughs> All right, anything else, you guys? Uh, hey. Oh, mm. I had a thought when, uh, right at the end of the episode when uh, Worf chucks the, the guy against the wall. I'm like, God, I hope they, I hope he accidentally broke that guy's neck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a nice payoff to the soccer thing. Oh, no! The moral. Sometimes it's, you break a couple of necks. Never forget. It's happening again! <laughs> Never forget, Teenage Worf killed a guy. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Worf killed a guy. <laughs> I just I thought you were gonna say he 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 uh, shoved the guy against the wall and he broke open and candy came out. <laughs> <laughs> turns out he was a pinata all along. I thought he was a straw man, but it turns out he's a pinata man. <laughs> turns out the whole episode was Worf having a hallucination after drinking some bad yaya berry juice or whatever the hell it was. Uh, you should not drink of... it; it makes your spots itch. Ugh. Uh, Shut up, man. Speaking of hallucinations, speaking of garbage <laughs> hallucinations. <laughs> speaking man, of garbage. Isn't this a uh, isn't this a, a store at the mall? Things past. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> I, do we have to do every time travel episode has to have the word past in it? Is there a store at the mall called Garbage Hallucinations? Because <laughs> not anymore. I think there might be one at the Mall of America, but that's just because they got a lot of stores. That's Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> hey, I worked at Spencer's Gifts. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, then you Briefly. can confirm Garbage Hallucinations. Yes, I can. We had, I'm pretty sure I told the story on Sarcastic Voyage years ago, but they told us, they, they were very sell heavy. You gotta sell stuff, gotta sell, it was one of those places, which, it's Spencer's Gifts, really? But uh, they said, you have to pick an item, and by the end of the day, you need to sell it. 
And so I picked the uh, pillow uh, with a picture of Luke Perry on it. <laughs> I unsurprisingly sold none. Al, instead of the usual covers, can we just make this one you a picture of, or a picture of you holding a Luke Perry pillow, please? Perhaps. The Luke Perry pillow actually ended up being the centerpiece of a sketch I wrote a while back starring uh, Brian as the voice of Luke Perry. Ma'am, I want to send you home today in a Luke Perry pillow. <laughs> yeah, I was. that's what they wanted me to do. What do I have to do to get you to sign for this Luke Perry pillow today? Uh, oh, I even tried telling them it was a Jason Priestley pillow, but uh, they didn't No money it, down, so. you just pay for it. <laughs> Matt, pleased to be telling us about things past. All right, so Cisco, Dax, Odo, and Garrick are on their way back from some sort of Bajoran. Hey, we defeated the Cardassian celebration meeting or something. When they all go back in time for some reason. While their runabout arrives on DS9 with all hands inside comatose, they also regain consciousness on Terok Nor seven years previous. The weird thing is that they're in prison camps, surrounded by filth and angry Cardassians with guns. Wait, no, that's the boring part. The weird part is that nobody sees them as they should be. They're all Bajorans. Also, Odo is not acting suspicious or paranoid or anything like that. Who says that he is? Dax catches the eye of Gul Dukat, who apparently also just watched he is who is without sin and is separated from the group. And I start getting past tense flashbacks and searching the shadows for a Bajoran slave in a stupid hat on his way to Tasmania. Odo, Sisko, and Garrick attempt to meet up with the member of the Bajoran Resistance to secure passage off the station when Dukat shows up, taking his new Dax for a walk. Then a bomb goes off and our four guys are arrested by Cardassian Clarence Boddicker. But that's weird, says Garrick. Cardassian Clarence Boddicker was the old head of security. Odo should be the head of security now. Uh, yeah, says Odo. That is weird. I sure don't know anything about that at all. Hey, why don't we all go to sleep or talk about how much we hate Quark? <laughs> the guys are eventually taken out to be executed when Odo finally has all he can stand, he can't stand no more, and he attacks Cardassian Clarence Boddicker, who then turns into Odo. So, okay. Odo and his friends are all innocent Bajorans who Odo had executed because he couldn't be bothered to do any actual police work back then. When he finally comes clean, the whatever the hell's going on ends. When the crew regains consciousness on DS9, Julian tells Odo that there's still a piece of his brain that's a changeling, and it tried to form a great link of guilt with his fellow passengers on the runabout. It's very, very stupid. And then Kira shows up to be disappointed. As so let's do just, we all. Let, let's just jump right into your bad thing, which is basically the last three sentences of your summary. Yeah! Anyway. Let's, mm -hmm. let's talk about... What? <laughs> The Honestly, yeah. It, the, uh, it, what? It, so apparently, Odo just has ch changeling brain parts. And while he was traveling on the runabout, he got an electric shock or went through a gas cloud they went or through something. A, they went through an anomaly. Let's not forget anomaly. So and the runabout it, was struck by lightning. And, and it made his brain form a connection with all the people on the ship and he since made his brain form a great link with with several other non-changes yeah and, uh, four humans made a great link in his brain it yeah the band four non-changes what the fuck is happening it like i i have i i have so many problems with this stupid concept and then because yep. the last thing he was thinking about was being guilty about how he let these people die and the bajorans all think he's a hero like <clears throat> And so they all get sent in there, and his brain sets up an elaborate plot where he's one of these people, and the actual him is replaced by some other guy who wasn't there yet, and it's, like, they go through this entire thing, and he's hallucinating while it's happening within the hallucination. What the fuck? 
the setup for this is like the worst kind of Braga I don't like, like magic dream bullshit thing that I hate so much. I can't even like when I was writing the when I was writing the summary for this, I, I literally wrote this right after I finished watching the episode, and I still had to keep going back and checking things. And I'm like, no, this doesn't make any sense. And then I would Did look, I understand this correctly? That can't be right. Yeah, and then I would go back and look together. like, nope, this is exact this is exactly what they wanted me to know. This may be like I've said before, I don't think Alexander Siddig has a huge range, but this may be his least convincing performance, not because of yeah. his acting, just because of what he had to try to sell us. He was selling us a Luke Perry pillow of a plot. <laughs> I th- there's a point where Worf is like, so what's happening? And he's like, yeah, Worf, is the, <laughs> Worf is the straight man in these Bashir uh, exposition scenes. It's just like, you got me, got me, Commander. I have no bloody idea what the hell's going on in there. I like to imagine he's got a file that's just labeled some such nonsense. <laughs> oh, everybody's asleep and living another life again. We'll just file it under inner light. <laughs> no, he's got a whole he's got a whole uh, X file set up there. File it under W for what? <laughs> well, W comes before X, so that means we get to those first. <laughs> Give it to Ensign Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> he's over there hanging out with Ensign Satsack. <laughs> <laughs> they would go together well, moping yes. around the place. Yep. My sister was kidnapped. Mm. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> I know that's your voice. I, I apologize. Yeah. What? No. Nonsense. He's a real no, person. it's a whole... He's a real boy. independent guy. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, he used to be fictional until he became real. Right. Because we believed in him. Uh, did we? And he'll and come back he... someday when I bother setting him up on my twi- uh, my phone Twitter. The thing is, like, David Gerald, the, the writer who uh, wrote The Trouble with Tribbles, who then was rendered in animated form in the, the, the animated sequel episode, who was Ensign Sadsack, had a cameo in the Tribble episode we just did. That would have been per- the perfect time. Well, he was there. Ensign Sadsack was right there. Well, yeah, if we could have found him. Yeah, we couldn't find him. It was, was a bunch of old guys hiding. in there. Yes. Like Waldo. Yes. Or, sorry, British listeners, Wally. (laughs) Ensign Wally. Yes. Ensign Wally Satsack. (laughs) It's weird, it's a red shirt, but he drew on his own white stripes. (laughs) He's a big fan of the band. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm just thinking of Meg White in in Dax's bathing suit. Yeah, that's... uh, I'm glad I'm thinking of Jack White in Dax's bathing suit. (laughs) You've ruined it, Brian! (laughs) <laughs> you've, you've ruined, ruined the actor. <laughs> yep. So yeah, the 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 setup is just total garbage. First time I saw this, I thought it was profits, and that honestly, this would have been like one of the only times that I was sitting there going, I "Really wish the profits were up to some nonsense this week." <laughs> I like the profits actually. Like I, I like, like all them that. all right, but I th- I find that every time an episode is the profits are made something weird. It's mm. uh, there's not, one not coming up. It might be most solid. There's one coming up, I think it might be next week, involving Cisco. that is one of my all-time favorite mm. DS9 episodes, actually. And there's one coming up next season involving Cisco that I've already reserved, which is just amazing. I don't I don't know which one you mean. With the, with the, what, uh, do you remember the title? The, um, Not that that's going to help me I'm with this show. I'm right now. The, is it the, 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 the Benny, Benny Russell, that one. Uh, Far Beyond oh, the Stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. S- spoilers, guys, that turns out to be The Prophets. Yep. Uh, no, I, I'm thinking of uh, Rapture. Which uh, is, yeah, also yeah, that's good. a good one. Yeah, and, and a good Blondie song besides. See, guys, we promise. Good stuff is coming back. Yeah, season five, I remembered being solid all the way through, and there's been a lot of crap so far. Yeah, it's just it turns out that there, it's not solid all the way through. There's just some delicious chocolate on the outside, and inside it's hollow lies, like an Ugh. Easter bunny. Or nougat. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so my good thing, I do genuinely like stories from the occupation. Mm -hmm. We pick up with Odo, Quark, mm -hmm. and Kira after they've been through all this stuff in the pilot, and we occasionally get them telling stories, like verbally, about what happened, and it's like it's, it's better to see, you know, to show than to tell. I just wish they could have done another flashback episode like they did. They're, this is meant to sort of be the the other side of the episode where we find out Kira's a murderer, yeah. and Odo is all disappointed in her. Mm -hmm. And that was a flashback. They could have just done this the same way. And the whole thing is, like in Memory Alpha, it even says, uh, we wanted to do an episode like that, but we didn't want to do another flashback. Well, why well, not? It worked last time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It actually works really well. What <clears throat> The thing that bugs me here, the concept is good. You know, yes. I love... The idea of the thing Odo fucked up. Yeah, Odo is, we've always seen him as the very best at his job, and mm -hmm. he's only he's only focused on this one thing, justice. That's it. And to, to see him try it for the first time and fuck it up is like, yeah, of course he would. Yeah, he wouldn't be great at it from day one. To the extent that he's so good at it that he worked for the Cardassians and the Bajorans are still happy to give him the same job because they know he's so fair. Yeah, and that, right. that reputation he has is what caused his guilt trip in this, which... Good motivation, just not yes. not well executed. I no what what I would have liked to see is, and I don't know if either of you watched the show Lost, but they did a lot of episodes going into characters' backgrounds where it was fifty percent set in the present, fifty percent mm -hmm. flashback. That, that was like every yeah. episode for at least the first few seasons. They would have yeah. something and going I'm... on the island and a corresponding story. Uh... Right. And I think that that basic structure, anytime you want to tell a story from the occupation, because there's a few more coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just do that. Just do a present thread that ties you to that and then flash a series of flashbacks to the past. That's yeah. all you got to do. You don't have to get complicated with it. Well, Garrick's I mean, old spy friend comes back. We see what happened with Garrick in the past. Right. That kind yeah. of thing. No, I mean, exactly. the, the, like basing this episode around this, like whatever the hell they were, this talk they were going to. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I like that. Like. You know, it would be so easy to do an episode where, like, this information just leaks about Odo. Like, we find that, like, you know, it's... Everyone sort of views him as this big hero during the during the occupation who, you know, kept the peace and everything. And, you know... This, Suddenly a new document comes yeah, out that says, oh, by the way... leaks, or someone's doing, like, a story on him or something. Fucking Jake's doing a story on him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he finds out about this. Then Sirik Lofton could appear in an episode once in a while. Yep. But, uh, no, it, like, the... The amount of hoops we have to jump through to get this stupid fucking flashback. Well, and it's not just that. It's, it's also, I feel like they wanted to actively involve Cisco and Dax in particular, and also Garrick, because he hasn't been around for a little while. But particularly Cisco and Dax, like, the problem with those flashback episodes is really you don't have anything for any of the Starfleet guys to do. Yeah, yeah you've got, because they you've weren't got there Odo, yet. you've got Quark, and you've got Kira, and that's it. Right, and then you can bring in Gul Dukat and... Mm -hmm maybe a couple of other like supporting guys we've seen before, but that's it. I'm sure they can have a reason to have Garrick turn up on there. Morn probably still passed through. I don't know if they uh did I, any... I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Morn's in the background of Quark's. Yeah, movie. I could swear yeah. I saw him in there. Because that's because Quark's is still a thing. I I mean obviously it was more ore processing and less um space stationing, but Right. No, the bar was still a bar. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, like I I understand that you can't involve any of the Starfleet guys, but on the other hand, so? Well, I mean, that's the thing. The, one of the great things about DS9 is we've got so many non-Starfleet guys now who are also great, you know? Well, oh, yeah, and the fact is, like, the, the triple episode was all about the Starfleet guys. Like, everyone who wasn't a Starfleet had to hang back because this is their story. Yep. Yeah, like, so, Mark, he only showed up at the end. Right, and Kira, who, like, called them on the radio once or twice. Yeah. Like, Odo got a couple of scenes, but other than that, you know, it's the Starfleet guys' turn. So you could, you know, 
You can do that. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, Cisco Cisco had one scene in the previous episode. Yeah. Not everybody something. needs to be on every episode, especially when you have no. a cast this big. Yeah, no, it wouldn't hurt Sarah Lofton to maybe show up sometimes. No. And we've gone yeah. uh, uh, two O'Brien-less episodes now. Right, he must have been off shooting, what, Con Air at this point, maybe? Yeah, maybe Con Air. Con Air! <laughs> um, Haha, you laughed at my terrible joke. No, I didn't. That was a polite laugh. That wasn't a real laugh. Sure. I didn't even give you that. I was trying to turn it into a coal mare joke, and I couldn't quite make it work. <laughs> That's what it was. The wheels were turning, and it's not, not quite getting there. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's not a great setup. But again, seeing the, the actual stuff, like the meat of the, the story, wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's-his-name playing the Cardassian was good. Oh, fucking Kurtwood Smith, yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, like you can't tell it's him under all that makeup, but he's got a very distinctive voice. Yeah, I, 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 I felt bad for not recognizing him because I, uh, I couldn't tell. And then as soon as you said it, it was the second time I was watching it. I was like, oh, how did yeah. I miss that? Yep. Oh, that's that, that Cardassian makeup for you. I, I mm-hmm. would not re- recognize Andrew Robinson in the wild. Well, I've told this story many times that I saw him at a con just hanging out. Con. No one recognized him. Yes. And I recognized him and I didn't know what to say, but I just kind of gave him a look and he kind gave me a creepy look back and that was it. Yeah. Or as he calls it, a look. Yes. <laughs> Somebody was talking about they were they were watching a movie that he was in. I think it was the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Where he plays like the dad. Oh shit, that's right. He is in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And they were they just couldn't believe that he was the like the suburban dad of teenagers. Yeah. It just was not believable in that role. Be sure to have my daughter back by midnight. Johnny, or I'll kill you, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Wait, I'm sorry. Is he is he the killer in this movie? No, he's just like that. He's just <laughs> yeah. You know, we can't trace all these murders back to Freddy Krueger. Yeah, some of the, some of these children were uh, assaulted by someone else. Let's just say there was a lot of blood in Johnny Depp's bed. <laughs> like a lot of blood. Meanwhile, the neighbor next door was played by Max Rodenchik. Okay, bye, daughter. <laughs> oh. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. I did see him in that horror movie where he played Rumpelstiltskin, so. That's pretty much perfect casting. <laughs> No, even then, I think uh, Aaron Eisenberg would have been better. The guy who plays Rom. Yeah, because he's shorter. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's like uh, Vanessa Williams' height. <laughs> every time, so, Matt, what was every your time uh, good I thing? Hear, I hear the name Aaron Eisenberg, I automatically think of the guy who played Two-Face. And I don't know Aaron what... Eckhart? Yes. It's oh, a secret right. baby with Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> See, I, I think of Aaron Paul and Heisenberg. <laughs> oh, shit. So yeah, uh, Matt. Good thing. Um, there's some great scenes with Odo and what turns out to be old Odo. Like, yeah, Kurtwood Smith. It basically plays Odo's conscience. Yeah. So we've like there's this there's this great scene where after they've been arrested, Odo's just in the cell, just screaming at Kurtwood Smith to like do your damn job. No, you you do the research. You talk to the people yourself. You find out who actually did the murders or whatever. And I just, like, as soon as it clicked with me, it's like, oh, that's supposed to be old Odo. It's like, oh, okay, this scene is great. Look at, look, like, look well, how he's, frustrated yeah, on, on he the, is. On the surface, it's it's kind of like, okay, you're supposed to be a prisoner. Why are you telling him how to do his yeah. job? That doesn't make sense. But, yeah, once you realize that. It's, it it's just like, oh, you're trying to tell yourself how to do the your, the job you're so proud of yourself for doing. Yeah. Right. That's great. And it, still, it still kind of makes sense as, you know, 
because watching it the first round, you're like, oh yeah, because he cares about justice and he yeah, wants he's just to mad tell that this guy a, how it should be. This guy's a bad cop. But as he gets mm-hmm. more and more and more into it, right? But like know. when he goes down, when he actually goes down to the uh, to Odo's office and is just like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Yeah. Uh, Brian, um, what was your good thing? Well, my good thing is, uh, uh, like you, I enjoy um, uh, the uh, occupation stories, um, but uh, I particularly like the design of it because obviously they use the existing sets. Right. But and we've talked about this a few times in other episodes when they've done things like that, probably in the last occupation episode. But they film it from different angles. Um, they change the set dressing and everything. It's really neat to see how the Cardassians used it versus how the Federation uses it. Mm-hmm. Everything's darker. The lighting is shifted. And they'll use the same hallway. They'll just put the camera in a different place than they usually do. So, And I would say it's different, again, still from the Mirror Universe version mm-hmm. of the station, oh, yeah, which absolutely. is also existing sets that's shot darker and all that. Mm-hmm. And which, uh, is, which is cool. Particularly Quarks, which when they're shown in it, it's messy. And Andrew Robinson's complaining about how filthy Cardassians turn out to be. It's, yeah, uh, and I didn't the, know we the, were such messy conquerors. <laughs> and the sound is way different. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of exuberant, you know, yay! Like, it's Yo-ho! more just like, yeah, it's more like sort of angry, drunken rumblings. Yeah. Dabo, Commander. Why do we have no, this guy running the wheel? No, it's Dabo Major. Dabo Major. We st- I still haven't found anyone who does a really good Dukat yet. No. Like, just, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard voice to nail, yeah. I think. Um, Nature. So my bad thing was there's a point where one of the okay so they they think we need to escape the station. Uh, Cisco conveniently remembers that Kira said, "Okay, if you ever find yourself going back in time, here's how you contact the resistance." <laughs> Ten you sure years. Sure, never step on anything, son. Just remember the yeah. advice Kira gave you on your wedding day. On his wedding day. You know, it's still the advice more like... my dad gave me. Remember, son, if you ever go back in time, <laughs> just crawl up my nostrils for safety. <laughs> Galron's eyes are up there. <laughs> Somebody Dad, made that for two people made that for us. Yeah, there's a lot up here, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, uh tidy up while you're in there. For some reason this leads I didn't to the realize, Delta Quadrant. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize nostrils were so filthy, Major. <laughs> now for some reason Kira told Cisco how to contact the resistance ten years ago. Yep. Which really what? Why would she what? But um I almost did that Hodgman thing. What? What? <laughs> Apparently, they find it's more cost-effective. What? You have to take a jar of mayonnaise and flip it over. What? Right. Here's the best number for crabs. <laughs> for crabs. Uh, but okay, so he he contacts the the, the you know the mullety rebels of the time, and uh, the the dude kind of sneers at him and says, "Oh, what? So your secret Starfleet guys disguised as Bajorans?" And it's just like. That is, I mean, I'm sure that's on TV tropes. Like, the the taking your bad plot element and hanging a lantern on it and having someone sarcastically sort of roll their eyes at, oh, this is stupid. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, that doesn't make it any better. That In fact, that just reminds us of how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, uh, I used to, uh, as, a, as a child, uh, they would have the syndicated um, uh, Magnum P.I. reruns after the syndicated Star Trek reruns, and I would watch both. Uh, and there was, like, a character, and I don't remember his name, but he was a friend of Magnum's, and that was, like, his entire job. Wait a minute, you're telling me that these people are blah, 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 and you're gonna do this and fix it? And, like, yeah, we know it's stupid, dude. Yeah. Just just, no, once you, just go like, along for the ride. Like, I'm all for the hand wave. I'm all for, yeah. like, I've said this many times. Last week we had the uh, the Orb of Time 
which we spent all of five seconds talking about. Fine, whatever. We're back in time. Right. It doesn't matter. But but this, yeah. <laughs> when you when, the more you call attention to it, the stupider it is. Yeah, Odo still to... had a piece of the orb of time in his brain. Yeah, that makes well, more sense. Why the fuck this. not? Mm-hmm. No, it's look, guys. I got a real good suspension of disbelief going on right now. I don't need you poking at it. Right. Actually, yeah, it's not that great a suspension of disbelief, honestly. But uh, no, it is there. I, yeah, my notes are just like, well, that doesn't make a lick of sense. What does that even mean? And, and so on in that fashion. Yeah. I do like how uh, just openly racist Garrick is and doesn't change a bit. Nope. Like, at the beginning, they're coming back from this from this symposium or whatever, and he basically tried to argue the point that the, the occupation was a good thing, and for some reason that didn't go over quite. And he was so complaining crazy. that nobody was taking him seriously when he yeah, said why? this. I thought, what, is, what happened to the spirit of open debate? They didn't even want to hear the other side. Just trying it's to play devil's like advocate that I wonder here. why I even go to symposia. <laughs> He loves a gala. All boys do. <laughs> Good things don't end in Eom. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I like that. And I, and the whole time he's like, yeah, the Bajoran people are predisposed to, to the service industry or something. Like, he's like, he's like Lucille Bluth talking about Mexicans. Yep. It's just like, wow. We just brought our racist uncle with us in the past. Oh, they like it. You just got out of prison, man. Yes, I've been all institutionalized and shit. You know, well, yeah, Bajorans are hard workers, but they'll steal from you. <laughs> he says something yeah, like that. That's, that's how we joke. She doesn't even have a house. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Commander, they don't sneak on the station to be your friend. I really want to see Garrett just stirring a martini or whatever now. <laughs> I'll have a vodka rocks. Garrick, it's 8 a.m. And some toast. <laughs> There's been a lot of love on this station. I'm just I'm just gonna... Why are you pressing me with your body? <laughs> I'm just picturing every Lucille Bluth thing now, like the uh, the winking eye alcohol suggestion. <laughs> Andrew Robinson could totally pull that off. Did Garrick leave anything for lunch? No, just the uh, soup and half a sandwich and another sandwich. <laughs> no, that was a uh, that was a that was a um, George Senior thing. Oh, that was yeah, yeah. Eh, well, uh, whatever. Just a half sandwich and a whole sandwich for me. I'm making hot ham water, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Rom is totally the Buster Bluth yeah. of this show. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey, possible <laughs> nephew. <laughs> If we were in the spoiler section, I could make another joke, but I won't. All right. And now the story uh, of one space station. <laughs> anything else? I think I think that's all I have uh, to say about this. Well, one. I, I have. A, I, we didn't go because my bad thing is really small. Oh yes, really your bad petty, thing. I'm sorry. But, um, it's it's like the pettiest bad thing I've ever come up with. But it's just so far. I was wondering who is directing this because there's a scene where Lavar Burton. The... Really, this was Lavar Burton. Yep. Yes, it was. <clears throat> no shit. Last yep. one was so, Renee Arbuch in a while. We didn't mention that. So. It's so don't be a jerk. LeVar Burton's the nicest guy ever. He is a well, nice Robert, guy. And... I am surprised to discover, like, continue directing through this and Voyager. Like, like Frakes did a couple and then wandered off to do movies, but LeVar Burton stuck with them for a long time. No kidding. Yeah, well, the movies yeah. he wandered off to do were Clockstoppers and Thunderbirds, so... Well, no, he did He did next-gen movies well, two yeah, and three. Um, But, uh, well, in any event, uh, he uh, missed something very weird, because there's a scene where they're all going down... Uh, the line and the all the uh, the 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 prisoners are getting fed, and Cisco picks up a bowl that already has soup in it, and the guy puts more soup into it. 
And then they're all sitting at the table eating their soup, and Cisco's bowl is visibly twice as full as everybody else's. <laughs> that just, may be the pettiest bad thing we've had it so It is, far. but it just distracted me for the entire scene, and I was like, did they do that on purpose? Does Cisco think he deserves more soup than everyone else? <laughs> I'm the dad. I get the I'm biggest the captain, portion so of I, soup. Listen, I may not have many advantages in this situation, but I get more soup than everyone else. So now this, right this goes back to the counting thing. Okay, <laughs> give this... me three portions of soup. Wait. <laughs> No, damn it! It's 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 still math. You can't estimate measures either. Yeah, exactly. I'll have uh, one one liter of soup. That sounds about right. <laughs> one kelicam. Ke one kelicam of soup. <laughs> one gigaquad of soup. <laughs> <laughs> one Cochrane of soup. I'm trying to think of Star Trek measurements. Cochrane of soup. <laughs> they they measure like warp fields or something in Cochrane. How much booze is in a Cochrane of soup? Uh, quite a lot. <laughs> Four Julies of soup. <laughs> Um, All right. Anything yeah, but else? That, so it was it was a petty thing, but it distracted me for the. I hope no, somebody I... got fired for that blunder. Um, <laughs> there's a bit where I wasn't paying attention. They're eating their soup, and we're starting to be tipped to the fact that this is all happening in Odo's head, and he's covered in blood, but it doesn't really look like blood. It looks kind of brownish. It... And I look up, and he's holding a, a spoon, and he's covered in brownish goo, and I was like. Does Odo not know how pudding works? It's the pudding. The first time though. I watched it, I honestly thought that he had accidentally put his hands in the soup, and they came up covered in soup. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot how hands work again. I, I think you really overestimated the importance of soup in this episode, Brian. It's really not that significant. <laughs> I'm pretty, you know, I'm gonna watch this again. You're just gonna turn it will be all about soup, just like uh, like Mark found, like like Bob found out. Mark, like Bob found out about uh, the Rocketeer and Beeman's gum. Ah, yes, is Mark. Yes. <laughs> Actually, just... my friend Mark uh, point, uh, uh, found out that uh, it was the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was the soup. <laughs> All right, anything else? Uh, just my quote. Ah, uh, yes, what do you got? Uh, this is uh, just a brief appearance of uh, Gul Dukat. So I was doing it all for the good of the Bajoran people, Commander. <laughs> and then he gets bonked on the head. I've wanted to increase rations in the Bajoran sector for some time now. But the resistance makes it almost impossible to show any sort of kindness to your people. You really want to help my people, don't you? Yes, of course. The Bajorans are... Well, they're like my children, I suppose. And like any father, I want only what's best for them. And you still feel that way now? after some of your children have tried to kill you. Bad manners are the fault of the parent, not the child. My weakness is I'm too generous, too forgiving. My heart is too big. I never get tired of that. I really don't. <laughs> nope. Why does His... nobody like me? I'm so good at this. But uh, Ron Moore said, like, uh, it, in this entry on Memory Alpha, says, like, people think we were going back and forth saying he was good, he was bad. No, occasionally you see things from his perspective, and he's the hero of his own story. Oh, yeah. So he thinks he's a good guy. That That's good writing to me. He's exactly the kind of guy that has an oil painting of himself in an old-timey military dress uniform. Man, I would like <laughs> to Riding own that horse. oil painting. Now is the horse's leg up or down? Because that means something, right? Yes, it's but you know what it horse. means. It's, it's on a little <laughs> flying platform like Zap Brannigan's horse. Ah, of course. Careful, Major. You spooked Felicity. <laughs> I find this the most sensual part of a woman is the boobies, Major. Major. 
I did find it a bit creepy that Dax ended up being his, like, consort. Yep. Congratulations, Dax. You're now my woman. I can't say I'm not jealous. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say at least, uh, at least she bonks him over the head in that scene that, uh, Matt just played yes, for us. That was nice, so, yeah. So that's good. I now I just want to see a Kiff type, like not actually Kiff, <laughs> but a Kiff type character following uh Ducat around and just It's ugh. pretty much Damar, isn't it? It will be, yes. <laughs> we haven't really seen him much yet, but uh but yeah, that doesn't really spoil anything. No, I don't <laughs> spoiler think so. section. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I'm I'm gonna wrap things up now and and uh for those of you who, who uh are watching for the first time, so stop now. The only spoiler I had was going back to the uh, to Rom as Buster, <laughs> which really is Nog. <laughs> Whoever thought I'd miss a leg so much? <laughs> I will say this: I really want there to be a runabout called the Seaward. <laughs> I'll leave when I'm ready. <laughs> Get rid of the Seaward. <laughs> oh, I just I I wrote a terrible joke in my notes about. Uh, they, what what what's the word on the runabout? And I just I think it's the Mekong. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking terrible. Isn't it just? <laughs> Do we have any other spoilers? Like, there's really no I, more I like Dax I mean, and Worf stuff. I, I was looking for stuff in the the Worf and Dax story. If anything really hinted towards their wedding, but apart from like some general discussion, there wasn't much. No, this is just the rocky patch. Like, because really, when you look at these two characters, they are incredibly different, and you you did have to call that out at some point and say mm-hmm. they're obviously going to have to compromise and, and meet in the middle somewhere, or this is never going to work. Yeah. And so they did yeah. that. And I'd say that after this episode, I really do buy their relationship more than I did before. So if there's one legit good thing I can say about this episode, which was dull and awful, mm-hmm. it's that I do now buy Worf and Dex as a couple, whereas before yeah. it was yeah. kind of like, yeah, they're both neat. And you do see him trying more. Yeah. After this, because I remember a few specific scenes where he's clearly making more of an effort because he knows what she's really like and he doesn't want to lose her because she's great. Oh, yeah, he writes that poem for her in that one episode. and I just, I, I've been in a couple of relationships like that where it's like, I I am going to fuck this up. I just, okay, I'm not into everything you're into, but I better at least just smile and nod because otherwise you're going to dump me, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> you can go start dating Vanessa Williams and making erotic sculptures. Yep. Oh. No ghosting. <laughs> All I'll say, I had it made before he died. What was that? Matt? All I'll say, say is, is this: I had one line right at the end when uh, Dax says goodbye. He's like, "And I'll be back again." I'm like, "You better be back in a year and a half." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you big quitter! <laughs> Becker is calling, so the oh, well. beck and call. Oh, oh. all right, yeah. fuck it, we're done here. <laughs> Uh, next week, I believe we are doing an episode that I'm quite fond of, so look forward to that. And I know Man, I wish the great season five stuff is happening a couple of weeks from now. Like, there's a big, huge development coming. You got some great Klingon stuff on the way. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm and really some great Cardassian stuff coming. Some great so Cardassian stuff. So Vishal's well, coming back then, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Flonk. The reason he gave up uh, Tribbles was because his all-time favorite episode of all DS9 is this season, which is a Klingon episode. I don't remember which one, mm. but uh, but he's like, I absolutely have to do this one, so I'm going to give up the, the, the cherry spot of, of the triple episode. So so there's that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's the Cardassian stuff is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And we've already told the spoiler people to sign up at this point, so I can say the, the uh, Dominion Cardassian stuff. Yay! Which is when that shit all starts really going down. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you, Rom. Um, <laughs> I think that's the uh, th- that that's why because I was in the same place as you guys thinking like season five best season, and I yeah. think it's because the back half of the season is really loaded with yeah uh, Cardassian Klingon Dominion stuff. Right. Well, there's all this stuff that makes I, you I forget forgot the as well shit, as you did like... that the first half was. Yeah, a lot of throwaway single like one-off episodes. Well, and plus, I imagine everyone's still coming down from uh, Trials and Tribulations. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. Oh, yeah, there's that. Yep. I, I think we can all agree we would have liked things past if it hadn't had such a dopey reason for existing, because then that reason affected everything else about yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big taint on the episode. Yeah, just tell yep. the story. We, yeah. Nobody wants to look at your taint. <laughs> yeah, past, past taint is what they should have mm-hmm. called it, really. Taint's past. <laughs> All right, Brian, throw your plugs out, and then we will go. Uh, well, uh, as always, uh, the reviews of uh, animated films at uh, allthedisneymovies.blogspot.com. Uh, I comfortably can say that we now update at least monthly. Uh, we, uh, you mean we? You're the only one doing it. No, no, we here at uh, All the Disney Movies Corporation. Uh, oh, we're currently going through some emotional trauma, because you guys can watch... Uh, things past and let Hughes without sin and know that next week we're going to have some good solid Klingon stuff. There's some Cardassian stuff coming up. Some good but I just clubs. had to watch a troll in Central Park and the Pebble and the Penguin and all I've got to look forward to is We're Back a Dinosaur Story and Bartok the Magnificent. Oh so. man. Congratulations on reviewing the exact area where my parents got a divorce. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I saw all of those in theaters. I like that you can tie it to that. <laughs> yep. It's not it's not bad enough that my parents are getting divorced. I've got to watch Troll in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Well, That's just straight up trauma. Try going through a divorce with uh, a six-year-old brother and sister. You're going to watch a lot of shit. Oh, dear. And, <laughs> you, you know, it couldn't have even been a time when there was good stuff coming out. Nope. So how how do the people get to this uh, this website of uh, yours? Well, it is, as I said, it's all the all the Disney movies.blogspot.com. A uh, bit of an apocryphal title now because we're in uh, Sullivan Booth Studios. We're going to go into Fox Animation and Steven Spielberg's ridiculously named Amblimation Studios coming up. Amblimation. Oh God. Uh, yes, Amblimation. Yeah. I mean, it's I get it. Almost Amblin, a pun. But, yeah, not quite. Yeah, it's a bit of a portmanteau, I suppose. <laughs> a portmanteau. Right. <laughs> Brian, you're fired. Yes. You're not finishing the Rice Trilogy. I think Severance <laughs> Pay now. All right, Matt, say your thing. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.